Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. So it ended up being, I, I, geez, man, I don't remember when it was canceled, but it was late. I, I'd say probably late January, maybe yeah. early February. Um, so I, I talked to, uh, you know, this, this to Jimmy and, um, you know, you could tell with his Italian accent, but, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking, <laughs> I'm not thinking that what, what, what's down the pipeline. And um, so I ended up talking to him and my, my agent at the time was, uh, with Scott Norton. And, uh, so I go, uh, Jimmy goes, well, how much, uh, what do you want to make? And I'm like, Oh, listen, man, like, um, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to come and play. I'll, I'll pass you off to my agent. He, he handles that. So my agent, uh, calls him and then he calls you back. He goes, Robert, where, the f- where did you find this guy? And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes like, he told me, first of all, like name your price. And he was like, like, hold on, Mr. Galante. Like, I'm an agent, and I you don't really want to tell me that. Uh, so, what do you think? What do you think's fair? And they were kind of going back and forth. And then, so my agent Scott goes to me. He goes, um, I, I don't really know what's going on, but like, he wants to pay you cash. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait. What do you mean, like, pay me cash? He goes, like, I I literally think he wants to give you a duffel bag of cash. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I guess that would be the first, the first red flag, right? Like something's different here, but like, but again, like think about it guys, we were thinking back in the um, major junior. I mean, how many of junior teams growing up, like they guys were getting paid on the side to go, you know, I mean, For it sure. wasn't anything out of the ordinary and you know that, and I know in the OHL, there were some teams out there that were, Hey, give the guy 20 grand here. You know, he's going to lease him a car or get a guy a car here. And it basically was just, attracting all the bloodthirsty hockey fans that are out there and this place was nuts man i, I remember our, in the game i uh oh, man i i didn't uh, like i hit a guy with a hit and i he didn't see me coming and I, I i got him good he was he was out on the ice and 
I mean, you know, you know how it is, guys. Like, we've been in that position on one side, maybe getting hit, but then giving it. And, you know, it's a big hit, but at the same time, like, I want to see the guy get up. Like, I don't, I don't want to see him laying there. He's, yeah. like, just laying there. <laughs> the crowd's going nuts. And they throw, they throw a body bag on the ice, and it lands next to the dude who's knocked out. I'm like, what is going We're looking at each other on the bench, like, what is going on here? They're, they just throw in body bags. Like, it's almost like a concert. You know, you see hitting beach balls around. They're just tossing fucking body bags through the section. And, uh, but they loved it. Section 102, man. They were nuts. And uh, it was an atmosphere, that's for sure. You played your college golf at SDSU. I played hockey for a year in San Diego. I went to that campus. How was that experience? And where did you guys play your college golf in San Diego? Yeah, so we played mostly at the farms. Um, it was oh, a beautiful yeah. golf course. Absolutely loved it. The only problem was that it was like 30 minutes from campus. So I spent half of my time in SDSU just driving back and forth between practice and getting back to where I lived. Uh, but I loved it there. I mean, it was probably the best place I could have possibly been to go to school. You had the beach and I had like the most fun ever. And all the golf courses there are amazing. Our team actually ended up being really good. Um, when I came in, we were not ranked. And then when I left, we were a top 20 program and we won conference championship and the men's team. Um, is always really solid. Xander Schauffele, who's playing in the yeah. Ryder Cup. He was on the team when I was there. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Paige, I got to be honest. I was like, how old was I? Like 33 years old. Uh, my career was winding down, but I would like put on a backpack and go walk around campus. Just I never went to college, so I was like, ah, I'm gonna. And the the campus is so beautiful. <laughs> I saw a couple concerts there at the outdoor yes, we venue are. they have there. I'm like, if I did go to college, if I could have got in, that might have been the spot because the campus was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was such a beautiful campus, too. It's just I think the only bad part was that when you go like downtown, like drinks were so expensive. So it's not great for like a college <laughs> student, uh, but it was still fun. <laughs> Have you seen any concerts at that campus, by the way? Uh, none that I can actually remember. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you had a good time, Paige. Totally. Yeah, I had a good time. College was fun. <laughs> Speaking of golfers, Paige. Obviously, this is called missing curfew. Me and the updog throughout our NHL career, we got in a little hot water at times for stuff off the ice. <laughs> Golfers sometimes get a, you know, I don't want to use the word nerd, but sometimes they're not like fun guys. What golfers throughout your time have you either played with or partied with or had a beer with or a glass of wine that are that pop out that's fun guys? Well, it's funny because before we started this interview, you were like, hey, what, you know, golfers have slid in your DMs. <laughs> I would say no golfers, but a ton of hockey players <laughs> out of all the sports. It was hockey 100% of the time. And I'm oh, like a huge man. hockey fan, so it was great for me. But it was like hockey all the time. Like I would go through my DMs and just like hockey player, hockey player, hockey player. <laughs> well done, boys. Yeah, good job, oh, boys. Way to, way to make us proud. <laughs> for me, as you know, Uppy, I was always battling it to, to try to get to – for whatever reason, coaches were always like, you got to be 230, you got to be under 235, right? So towards the one year, was like, you got to be under 230. If you're not under 230 when you come to training camp, I'm not even going to let you get on the fucking ice. I'm like, all right. He's calling me all summer. I'm like, holy fuck, he's serious. I'm Get to 228. Like, I mean, I haven't had a fucking, I haven't had a carb in a month, right? Get to 228, do the fitness testing, 10% body fat, three-mile run. I remember I went for a huge Italian dinner that night in Tampa. I came in the next day. I waited at 228. The next day I was 236. Torch comes in. He's losing his fucking mind. He's like, you're 236 already? What the fuck? I'm like, buddy, I just ate it. I just had an Italian dinner. Like, that's it. I don't want to tell you. Like, I was starving myself. I so. didn't even eat the gelato. I didn't even what get dessert fuck? for fuck's sake. So I don't know if I really looked at it as one of those things that I had to do it. Like, I wanted to do it. Like, I I mean, I don't fight guys because I feel like I have to. Like, I, I'd want to. So... I, uh, I do remember, though, like, I wasn't worried about that game. We had the Blues to take care of first. I'm dead serious when I say this. Like, I 
you know, probably in the back of my head, I was, I was thinking about that game, but um, playing the blues first, we fly back to back, like I said, to Edmonton. Remember that next day for some reason before my nap, I was like, you know, I want to do this. Fuck it. And uh, <laughs> you know, YouTube or hockey fights, whatever, Twice. some of Cassian's fights. And I'm like, Oh, you know, he fought brow. Um, you know, I played with brow. I've seen him fight a couple times. Let's take a look at this one. Poor Brow, he just got fed with a couple lefts. I just remember shutting the laptop. Yeah. Like, All right, boys, we're fucked. Yeah, I know. no, <laughs> Maddie, the, the, Hey, the hockey fight thing's a dangerous thing. Yeah, I did it too. My, when oh, I was young in the league, I pulled, I'm like, oh my god, that guy got. He pumped that guy. Fought that guy. That guy pumped me. So, um, but I've seen Brow. I've seen Brow fight when I played with him for two years. Like, one, honest to God, one of my favorite teammates, and um, had a, he had a couple good ones. He's a tough guy, and I was like, yeah. Oh boy. No, I oh give boy. you and, and Maddie, I love that you're like, I wanna do it because you know that's if you don't want to do it, I told guys that tried to fight, I'm like, listen, you, you don't have it in you, buddy, then then don't do it. But you want to have it in you. But still Cassian, man, like he was a, he's a fucking he's tough scary, guy. Yeah. I remember when you went out there and you fucking dropped your stuff, I was like, I was already a fan of you, but when you did that did that, like Updog said as an ex player and a veteran guy, I was like, I mean, there's nothing you can say to this guy now. Nobody on Edmonton can chirp you because you went out and fought the toughest guy on their team. Bigger, how is Bigger? Yeah, yeah. How is he? How's our boy Bigger? Do you see a Bigger around the rink now with COVID calming down and stuff? Because I love that fucking beauty. He's hysterical. He uh, he wasn't around last year with everything, but he's been around again this year. Um, and ever since I've been there, he's been in the player development and, and there around the rink a, a ton. He uh, Funniest thing that's probably happened to me in my career is what Bigger and did. He... We, you know, how after practice, you have like the lunch spread, you got the meats, you got the cheeses, all that, all that stuff, the salads. Well, it's, we're flying to Anaheim. Let's call it a Monday. I fly, <laughs> we were at the ring practicing. We fly there Monday, play them Tuesday, day off, and then maybe rookie dinner on Wednesday. Well, I'm getting in the cab, going to, uh, we're going to Big Dean's in Santa Monica, and I'm going to pay the, uh, pay the cab driver, whatever it is for the, for the ride. I go into my wallet and in between two ones, there's a huge piece of roast beef <laughs> that he just threw right in my wallet. And he threw it there on Saturday, the day before our home game. And it's been sitting in my wallet. And he's such he's so greasy that he put it in between the two ones, knowing I would never like spend two one dollar bills. American, the bill was like whatever. And I needed to use it. And Monty's in the cab with me. He couldn't stop laughing for the rest of the night. And he goes, oh, I know exactly who it was. Texted bigger, and he <laughs> bigger, and just gives a crying emoji, oh, uh, face or whatever. And it great. was, uh, it was all time. But he's he did that stuff to Monty of his first few years, and he's uh, even though he's not a part of the, you know, the in the locker room every day, he's still got those jokes that he pulls. He's he's awesome. Yeah, my first card table that year, they needed another guy. I think the guy who was there before. Uh, it might have been Big Earn or a couple <laughs> guys before. Uh, it might have been him or a guy who filled in from that year before me, but it was myself, Troy Brower, Matt Stajan, who's another legend. I love Stage. I and, love Stage. Uh, and Sam Bennett, who's one of my best buddies. So it was uh, it was awesome. We were at that table for two years, and then um, Stage and Brower were gone, but – um, have, I've had a great table every year since. So it's, yeah, my, my, my honestly, it's the best. It's one of the best parts of the NHL. Yeah. Like I might hey, rides, playing some music. Maddie, listen, my my short cup of coffee in Cowtown was not. It was not a highlight of my career. I had that fucking French idiot Hartley, but 
<laughs> I had my card table was bigger. Heard some stories about big, him. Yeah, big urn stage, and I believe Yuri Hoodler on our side. So we had a good little oh, wow. card table, and Big Urn would lose a hand and smash the fucking roof of the plane. <laughs> so, uh, but Staged is a great is one of my favorite teammates too. Stage did a uh, Stage got me with one of my favorite pranks, um, which I still try to get guys on. Is he, uh, you know, the chocolate almond that you throw on the plane? Oh, yeah. He uh, he put one right under my seat, and I don't know if I was wearing my suit or if I threw on sweatpants or maybe shorts. Four hour flight from coming home from maybe Carolina or Florida, and of course, like it's smeared all over my pants. And he just <laughs> right when I got up after the flight, he yells right down to the almond. It was freaking hysterical. He was. Uh, he was great. You gonna you gonna ask Monty about Big Earn throwing fucking fruit at him and smearing fruit on Monty's dress shirt his rookie year? Poor Monty. That's was oh, I, Ma, oh, yeah. Monty would tell me he would throw blueberries right in front of Monty to smash it. Right, and he would go right all over he would his just shirt. Just smash him right in front of Monty. Monty's like, oh, it's hilarious. And he'd punch so, the windows. And we played a lot of teams. We didn't just play for one team. We played for a lot of teams. Was there any time your first time back to Philly or anything that it reminded me of my time going back to Vancouver? I'll go first. Um, I was in Nashville. You know, I'm flying on the plane, playing cards with Leggy and the boys, you know. And we're like an hour outside of Vancouver, right? We're or maybe 30 minutes. We're starting to descend. And Brandon Walker's like, uh, come to the front of the plane. I got to talk to you, you with Trotsy. And I was like, what the fuck? So Trotsy's like, to, uh, walks, he's like to Trotsy. So how do you guys want to handle this tomorrow morning? And I'm like, handle what? Like, what are you fucking talking about? They're like, well, there's going to be a pretty big scrum from, you know, TC Carly from the Vancouver Canucks has reached out that there's a lot of media guys that want to talk to you in the morning. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, there is not. So sure enough, I pull out for morning skate, come in, fucking, and Murph, I land, and I text Murph. Murph's a beauty. I go, Murph, is this true? He's like, yeah, Obes, there's, there's some rumblings. Like, there's going to be some people I want to talk to. And I come in, Uppy, and it is a fucking Roberto Luongo scrum. Like, there is fucking 50 people, cameras everywhere. And obviously, I went out the night before for a couple, right? I'm like, oh, I don't really need this. So it just blew me away, and I never thought that, you know, it was obviously more for my off-ice stuff than my on-ice stuff as a Canuck, but... I got to be honest, man. It felt pretty cool to come back to Vancouver and have those media guys care that much. A lot of those guys play over there, and uh, they know the way I play, so uh, I'm sure we'll be running into each other uh, a few times for sure. Burroughs is convinced that he'll get under your skin and that you'll take a minor tonight. Burr can't get in my kitchen. He can never get in my kitchen. So I, I know all his tricks, and uh, I'm looking forward to the first couple of trips. They got a lot of material on me over there, so uh, I got uh, to have some thick skin tonight because I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be a few good ones sent my way. Shane, with everything you went through here, though, what what did you in the end when you left? What did you learn? What did you take from your experience in Vancouver? You know, I just you learn of every experience and everything that goes on in your life. And uh, it was an honor to play in a Canadian city like this. And you know, we uh, two division titles while I was here, and uh, you know, a little bit of playoff success. Obviously, not what we wanted, but uh, I met a lot of good people and. Um, you know, it's the old saying, maybe uh, living the gym a little bit, being a Canadian boy, playing in a Canadian city in the NHL. And, uh... Tough buildings. To me, it starts when you get to the rink. Actually, wrong. It starts when, when you land. When you <laughs> land. If it's fucking freezing and you got the 50-minute ride in to the airport, from the airport to the hotel. How bad was Washington for that? Yeah, Washington was bad. Especially <sighs> if you land in the afternoon. Montreal was horrendous. Horrendous. Edmonton, I mean, you might as well land down in so Calgary <laughs> and drive up to Edmonton. It's just so cool. It's um, so far. But... It starts when you get to the rink. If you're stuck in a shitty hotel, the yeah. city sucks already. And then that whole mindset of like, God, these shitty bed, no, no good pregame food, no yeah. hot chicks. <laughs> so it sucks. So like Winnipeg to me, oh. shitty hotel, always cold. You get to the rink, not a great dressing room, tough barn, like tough barn. They're all over you there. San Jose, Ooh. buddy. 
the fucking Shark Tank. The, again, shitty hotel unless you oh, stay down Santana on, Row. until you yeah. If yeah, you stay yeah, at the yeah. Santana Row, and there's a couple hotel. other perks about San Jose, but we'll leave yeah. that for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of Atlanta, me and you talked about this previously, but I, I rip Bob Hartley a lot on on this podcast. Any chance I can get? Yeah. Any chance I can get? I like to rip him. Um, now you had a different relationship with him. I still find it hard to believe, but Bob was good to you, wasn't he, Sutsy? Well, I'll say this about Bob, okay? I, I say the same thing. It's, it's the truth. He he is a a very controlling coach. Like yeah. he's he's the he has the highest attention to detail of any coach I've ever played for. Um, he likes power and likes to prey on people he thinks is he thinks is weak. That's one of his mo's. I don't know if he still does it. He's got it. And then. Uh, you know, he likes to control the team with stuff like like really nasty Monday morning practices after you get like Sunday off, boys. Like he's that guy. You know what I mean? He's that guy. Yeah. It's like he ruins the day off because you yeah. can't even enjoy it because yeah. you know Monday morning you're getting yeah. rinsed so hard. But uh, but but I'll say this: when I when he first came in, he he said to me in a me- in a private meeting, he said, I've, "I've heard you have potential. You haven't shown it yet." And I said, "Yeah, that's true." He said, "Well, I'm going to play you 30 minutes a night." And you're going to slit your own throat. And we're going to find out if you can play this game or not. And he did. And he, he played me every second shift. And I played that way with him for probably three seasons. And it was the reason I was probably able to, you know, extend my career, quite frankly. So, Sutsi, you'll, you'll love this. In Calgary, we're struggling. And the boys, I'm like, they want to go no bucket warm up. But nobody will go talk to them. And I, Sutsi, I'm in and out of the doghouse. I play six minutes a night when I dress. And then I'll sit out a week. I'm like... Fuck it, I'll go knock on his door. I'll ask him. So I go knock on the door. And I'm like, Bob, he's like, his the look on his face, like, what is this guy doing knocking on my door? I'm like, can I talk to you about something? He's like, yeah. I'm like, listen, the boys have been talking. We'd like to go no bucket and warm up to see if we can snap this nine-game fucking losing streak we're on here. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. You want to go no bucket, you buy a convertible. <laughs> Uh, and I'm, I'm like, I go back and I'm like, what did he say? I go, he told me to buy a convertible. <laughs> it's fucking minus ninety. And I, I'm like, I tried, boys. So yeah, he did, he did have he did have some uh, he line. did have some good one liners for sure. Did you ever hear that story? Was, you ever hear that story when he was sending the kid down from Colorado and he, he called him in, called him in and asked him if he liked chocolate? That was the first question. Yeah. That was Scott Parker. He said, hey, you, you like, he goes, he goes, Parks, he goes, hey, you like Hershey Kisses? He's oh. like, yeah, are you like Hershey chocolate? Yeah, good, because I'm sending you down to Hershey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, Sutsy, you'll love it. We're, we're in Carolina. This was the writing on the wall here, Sutsy. So we're in Carolina, and I've got to get my thumb taped up because I jammed it. So it's me and Yuri Hoodler, and the guys in Calgary, they love to go on the ice and do the Indy 500, eh? Like, <laughs> so anyways, the clock, the, the you know the little clock the trainers would bring, that the actual one on batteries? Yeah. It was a little behind. So I ended up getting out there, and practice had just started. And he comes right for me. And he's like, oh, you must have been in the gym working out, eh? That's because you're fucking late. And I'm like, I, I hear him say it. I turn back. The practice is going on. I go through the drill. I'm like, hey, you know what, Bob? Fuck you. I go, everyone knows that you were fucking locked out of the dressing room. You want to stay in the cup with the best team ever assembled. And then they locked you out of the dressing room the next year. I'm like, fuck you. And then Big Erd came and grabbed me. I was on waivers three days later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for you, though. You, you got to stick up for yourself in this life i remember the uh i've seen a few, few clips of it now and some people have told me that earlier in the game like maybe five minutes earlier they're like they're like sutton's been very quiet tonight <laughs> you know we're so far in the series right and then all of a sudden it just it just uh it just happened very naturally <laughs> and it was, you, you brought a little energy to the series after <laughs> oh that God. yeah and, and a lot of like 
you know, a lot of people want, wanting to talk to me, which I was, I was always kind of in the weeds, you know, I, they don't want to talk to the guy that blocks shots or <laughs> all that shit, you know? So, but at that point in the playoffs, I had, I had to talk to a lot of people and this guy kind of cornered me. He's like, you know, I think he said, uh, kept ch- challenging me, telling me that my elbow was up. So I start telling him he's telling me. And then I don't know, I just kept repeating. So you think you're an expert. It's like, a you think you're thing. an expert. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So you think you're an expert. Oh, uh, I mean, we, we'll get we'll get Princey to find that clip. Princey will find that clip for us. No, your elbow came up and hit him in the head. Are you asking me or are you telling me? No, I'm asking you. You're an expert? No, it was on the replay. So you're an expert? No, it was on the replay. It's so you the... saw it, you're saying yes. you saw it, it's on, you're an expert? Yes. You're not an expert, so we'll... Okay. No, I'm not an expert, I'm just saying I saw it. I'm asking, did you know you got your elbow up? You're telling me I got my elbow up? It was on the replay. You're an expert. You know it was up. Okay, guys, thank you. Yeah, did I ever nice. tell you? Did I ever tell you about Billy McCreary calling four minors on me at MSG? <laughs> oh, I think I remember called, that. Yeah, Peeler, he called it like a little chintzy one early, and I just got traded to Vancouver. I was already in the doghouse about penalties, right? Vino was in the media about penalties, and he calls one on me early, and I let him have it, and he's like right back at me, like, "Who the fuck do you think you are, kid? This is your third year in the league." Called me for three more. Then after the game, he's like, did you learn your lesson? I'm like, Billy, I would have learned it after the second one yeah. probably. But yeah. from that day on, Peeler, I, I closed my mouth a lot more because of Billy. Yeah, you could, <laughs> you, could refer- you could referee like that back then by kind of intimidating people. And, and Billy was, was really good at it. Um, and, you know, there was a pecking order with certain refs in our league that younger guys, you know, they didn't want them. And it, and it still was when I was in the league, you know, didn't want a guy that was second year in the league just chirping at you all, you know, all the time. And and uh, I remember one night, Franz Nielsen was playing for the Islanders. And and I I only said it a couple times in my career, but I as soon as I said it, I, ha- I hated that I said it because it sounded like I was big timing him. But he stood up on the bench and he was chirping me. And I looked over and, and he had that accent, right? And I look over and go, who the fuck are you? And he looks back, he goes, I'm Franz Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Going back and talking about some calls. Do you recall when I was in Florida and um, you were refing this game, but it fucking Routus Gudis, if that's even how you yeah. Radko yes. Gudis. Yeah, this motherfucker got me so good. Like he was the first game of the year, he catches me with my head down and runs me over, elbow to the mouth. And then it's like two or three games later, we're back in Florida and he happens to like fall near our bench. Okay. So he falls and he's sitting there like on his ass and I'm, I'm on the bench and I have a fucking Gatorade bottle and I'm sitting there and it's in between my legs. I don't like take it. And, and so it's sitting between my legs. Well, blue Gatorade. So I squeeze it and it fucking squirts over the bench and just gets them all in the back of the neck. Right. And he, so he's not facing me, but he turns around and he just shatters his stick on the boards and everyone's like, what the fuck? And I'm, I'm stand up and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck, man? What do you like? What's your problem? And he's like, he just starts losing it. You fucking scored me with a water bottle, this and that. And you come over and you're basically like, Hey, 10. And then he loses it on, on you. And you guys escort him down the hall and you come back over and like, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, nothing yeah. and he's like come on what, what'd you do i'm like i squirted him with gatorade yeah, I <laughs> for that because because i did I, I i snapped on him because i was like this guy's you know he's, losing, he's gonna hurt someone with he's the stick losing the shit. he snapped the stick right over the boards because because obviously it's water you're you can't or gatorade whatever it was 
and there's so much stuff going on that I couldn't see that he got squirted. And then, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> the league called me the next day and they said, somebody, you, can, you know, they obviously they got the cameras and they slow motive and they said, come on, we're squirting water. <laughs> I felt I'm like, no, I wasn't squirting any water. It was Gatorade. It wasn't water. It was Gatorade. But like, I didn't even, it was like, you know, you just take a sip of Gatorade and you squirt a little bit. Well, he, he was just right there and I, I just squirted it too much. Like, and it just got all over the back of his neck and it was hilarious. Like the guys on the bench were dying. Gently anyway, Uppy, I loved I, you, so I probably wouldn't have given you up. Totally. Yeah, but fuck, even we sold that when I played there, we were terrible. <laughs> I'm like, people are going to come watch us play. We have no chance of winning. Oh, yeah. We have zero chance of winning. And we played a boring style. Like, I'm like, I used to say to Big Earn, I'm like, fuck, at least if we were getting benched all night, we could have like a bunch of guys out there like the Sedins or someone we could watch. Like, we're watching, yeah, totally. we're watching fucking, I don't know, someone chipping in and trying to get her back. TJ Galliardi, I love yeah, you, Galli, but you're a fucking slug. Yeah, you know, Obes, like, Obes, I was, uh, I was at a game in probably like 12 or 13 and Calgary got pumped by Dallas seven to one. And you were playing, and I remember watching you, and you you were following Anton Roussel around the ice the whole time, and I kept, I poke him, and I was like, oh, this is going to go. He's going to go. And sure enough, you went with Anton Roussel. I finally got that fucker, yeah. Yeah. I jumped over him. the boards like an idiot. I wasn't even on the ice. I just jumped. No. I know, I I'm say, like, I think it was out of whistle. It was out of whistle. He I, he, he tracked down an icing, and he fucking knocked my feet out, and I jump over the yeah. boards. like You'll find it like an idiot. I almost, I will. I come on the, board, on the ice. I almost fall. And then he had his helmet so tight. That I punched him in the visor and split my fucking knuckle. Like I thought I broke my hand. So near the end of the fight, I stop. And then Berkey, the big big Irishman, calls me in the next day. He's like, "Hey, uh, you fucking jump over the boards and then you stop fighting." I'm like, <laughs> "I thought I broke my fucking hand, Berkey." Like <laughs> he's like, "Well, why'd you do?" That? I'm like, "Come on, man!" Like, how was it playing at MSG? <sighs> I had one awful game at MSG, but it was exhibition, and me, Vinny LeCavier, Mike Smith. We texted trainer, right? I played like three exhibition games in a row. And as a veteran, three's enough, right? That's it. I'm done, right? And so I text Razor. I'm like, Razor, you got the lineup for tomorrow? He's like, I don't, but I got, I can see a bit of it. There's a couple pieces. I'm like, am I on the main list right now? He's like, no, you, Smitty, and Vinny are good to go. And Bugsy. So we're like, we all right. We went to Marquee that night. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, you're with I us, exactly. <laughs> but it was a 12 o'clock game the next day. I got back to the hotel at, I don't know, six. And I go to lay down on my bed, and then I get a text from Mike Smith, who I think Smitty went home because maybe he was playing, but me and Bugsy stayed out, obviously. And Smitty goes, you boys are in. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, you're playing. Anyways, long story short, I, I think Colton, War who we saw at the game, Colton Orr, I think, took me wide that night. And Barry Melrose was like, what'd you do last night? I was like, ah, Barry, I went for dinner, you know? He's like, dinner, huh? Dinner. I'm like. Better Colton Orr takes you wide than take his big paws out. Oh, he yeah. is we mean. actually saw him at MSG yesterday. He was sitting in front yeah, of us. Yeah, he was buttoned up with the suit on. I played junior with the guy. That guy was so scary. Killer. I remember walking into, I was healthy scratch for a game in Philly, and I show, I went to Nobu on Fifth Ave for a quick, you know, a couple pieces of sashimi, and I make my way little over. Hand roll, little, little hand roll, eh? I make my way over with some bags from a fresh shop in Spree. You know, if you get, this is, goes on Hazy's tab here, by the way. When you get healthy scratch, you go make yourself feel good. You go shopping. He bought That's a car. True. I went and bought, like, a couple sweaters, maybe a tie. And anyway, I get I to the rink, and I walk in right as puck drop, and boom, I remember walking up the ramp at MSG, and I walk right to the glass, and puck drops, and not five seconds after, Todd Fedork who I'm going to see this weekend and Colton or fight fridge? Is that fridge. fight opening draw at MSG. And it was, it was bang, 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 uh, like toe to toe to toe and Friggy hit the, hit the deck. And Buddy. it was like, I never heard MSG so quiet. It was like the craziest thing. 
Colt Nor was an absolute. Yeah. And Fridge was a beast. Fridge was and an Fridge absolute was killer. A beast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were Great both guy. killers. Uh, and Fridge I was, was a, the best teammate, man. Like, yeah. I got kind of the same story, and we don't want to tell stories about him get dropped. No, no, here, no, no, but no, like, okay. we're in mini. My rookie year, we have a tough team. We got Fedoric, Peros, Thorny ends up coming up, Moen. Pick a guy. We had like 10, right? Yeah. So sure as shit, fucking. You're booty. not going to win any math competitions no, no. that squad. We're not. You're not going to want to invest in our company, maybe. But uh, sure and shit, Boogie's got a. What does Boogie got to do? God rest his soul. He's got a knee, Chris Kunitz, right in front of me, right. And I'm like, I got no chance. But anyways, fight him. It's ugly. Princey's posted on her Instagram. It's not perfect. But in between first and second, I'm kind of hanging my head, right? Like, you're like fucking. You know, I just got ragdolled by. Even though he's six eight mutant, Fridge is like, don't worry, Oms, I got him. I'm like, what? He's like, I fucking got this guy. And Fridge went out and tried to throw like a backhand UFC open punch. <laughs> Missed him. And then, you know, got you got dropped. But Fridge is, as you know, one of the best teammates that I've ever played for. You we can't have your rookie bar. party at training camp because it, you need to have something to look forward to through the season, of course. And like, you need your team to be picked. Plus, half these rookies it. don't know what the hell's going on. And they're, they're and they worried money. about getting too pinned, although Fabs is just a disaster. Yeah, he's a beauty, though. Yeah, Fabs is a beauty. Who's yeah. playing unbelievable in Detroit, by the way? Jay Bowmeister had a good night there too. What'd you call he him? He turned into Jim. Oh, that's hilarious. You hear that story? They call yeah. him instead of yeah. Jay. They call him yeah, Jim. Yeah, when that's Jay cool. gets going, his glasses, you know, he throws the glasses on and then his hair gets all crazy and then he turns into Jim Bowmeister. Because he doesn't talk sober, right? Uh, no, he does. Does he? In fact, when he speaks, he speaks. It, it, it's well, the best thing to. Sorry, we're getting on about my boy Jay. That's all right. Fucking great guy. Me and Loops, he played with Loops and Junior, and then, that, yeah. yeah, but don't, and then you know in Edmonton too as well. But anyway, um, with the oil, when this guy would fuck, no, just growing up. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like select teams and whatnot. Yeah. Jay was the best fucking defenseman you could ever. You know, he made the World Juniors at sixteen. I know. Um, first overall, we should have been first overall pick, but Columbus and Florida changed their ideas, and then Columbus quickly grabbed that pick to take a D man, and then Florida was like, "Yeah, we'll take an extra pick if you." We wanted a defenseman anyway. So anyway, that's how that worked out. But um, anytime he would speak about hockey or the game, it would be like, fuck, he's right. Listen to Jay. When yeah. he speaks, listen to him because he knows what he's talking about. No, those are some of the best leaders too, right? Like I'm sure there's guys that play with me that were like, oh, be shut the fuck up. Like you've yeah. been talking for the last two weeks here. But when a guy like Jay <laughs> speaks, speaks, or yeah. like when Scotty Niedemeyer in my rookie year would speak, like you're like, oh my God, we got to listen up here. Like, like Norm's actually talking, right? Like there's... I mean, I used to play against him in Vancouver, right? Yeah. And God bless Willie Mitchell. Mitchie went out fucking one night right after. He says, boys, I'm going Iggy off the fucking get-go. I said, Mitchie, you play against him all the time. You can do it. The rest of you fucking guys, Kessler and Burroughs, and the list goes on and on. If, if Iggy's sleeping, let him fucking sleep. Do not go chirp him, Kessler or Burroughs. Don't go whack him. Because if you do, you'd wake him up. And sure enough, some nights they wake him up. Next thing you know, he's got two goals, one assist, and we fucking... Fuck, where was the captain like that when I had when I was fucking playing against him? Fuck, like, just let him sleep. Yeah. Like, if, if, I mean, if he's going already, then go ahead, get in his yeah. face, try to fight him. Like, the one night he was going pretty good, and I was, like, in the saddle dome. I'm like, hey, Iggy, let's go. Me and you, buddy. Fuck, I've always wanted to fight you. Like, I, I wanted to fight you so bad. Give me a chance. He said, are you going to be playing against me tonight, big boy? And I said, the only way I'm playing against you is if I get caught out at the end of the shift. He said, if you get caught out at the end of the shift, I'll fight you. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. So That's great. For me, that's when I remember playing against him. I'm like, hey, let this guy sleep. And if he's going, good luck. Yeah. I, uh, I have similar stories, but I was never wanting to fight him. He would always probably want to fight me because he knew, I, he knew what type of player I was, Obes. Uh, I was a Campbell's blazer. I was always on edge. And he was like, 
settle down out here. All right, yeah, this yeah. is my ice. He yeah. was almost like the fucking lion roaring his fucking, you know, yeah, the jungle. Yeah. Um, but you got to respect the way this guy played. You got to settle down out here. <laughs> like he, and I'd be like, okay. okay. I'd look at him and be like, okay. Hey, I'll be the guy. Like, I'll just let you sleep, right? Yeah. It looks, okay. like, uh, it looks like the Ritz Carlton there behind you. Is that the Ritz there, bud? The Ritz Carlton. Spoken like a true vet you are. Is that where you live, Dobbs? Where'd you live? No, I lived at the Four Seasons in Denver. So uh, Getsy, where Getsy is, I was a little more like, I guess, north in the city or by market where all the bars are. And I, 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 I Would you send him home with a little brekkie before they... You know, well, I tell room do. service 24-7. I yeah. told him, hey, let's just pick up the phone, get whatever you want there, sweetheart. But it, listen, it, 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 grab a coffee on your way out. It backfired on me, Getz, because the doorman, fucking doorman, whoever he was, he had a big mouth. So he kept telling... Joe and all the, the, the fun office guys. It's O'Brien keeps having shakers here back at the Four Seasons. So, come on, uh, doorman. It backfired on me, Getsy. You know what? You know what? You should have learned out of that, buddy. Is you tip your fucking doorman. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he knows now. He's a man. He's a wise man with a little bit of age. But yeah. hey, back then he was more focused on on attacking. You know what? I never fucking tipped him, Getsy. <laughs> No. Well, Getsy tips all his doorman and valet guys. He's well, got, he's so got a damn sprinter cars. van. He's got a fucking bowl. He's got everything. This yeah. guy, like, you know, I know he's he does. By the way, how yeah. nice is the sprinter van life, Getsy? Sprinter van life is nice. Did you say the other day, you're like, holy fuck about his hair. <laughs> no, I, I said, Getsy's fucking turning the clocks back. What next? Is his hair gonna start growing back? Getsy, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I told the story about when you came down to Portland for a month there. They didn't exactly put you up at the Four Seasons Portland because there wasn't one. So, oh, we had a nice, yeah. nice Holiday Inn Express. I think Getsy was over at my house all every day playing video games, hanging out on the couch. So, fuck, like, you guys won that game. We were playing you in the final. You know that. Well, no, that's when the big Irishman sent um, Getsy and Pears down for a little. Let them oh, run. yeah, yeah. You and were then, they came, then they came. Yeah. No, no, this is Portland. Sorry. Then they came down for game seven. But he came down for a month, Getsy, and we were like hanging out every day. It was unbelievable. Oh, oh yeah. We had a nice time. Fuck. We were playing freaking Tiger Woods golf on the couch. <laughs> it, was the good. it was good for you to get a little taste of that, though, right? Like, I had this conversation with Cools. Like, I know it was only a month and you came down to dominate. Not that you were like this cocky first rounder because you weren't but even a month down there you kind of like appreciated getting back to the show you definitely learned to appreciate it um you know and more than anything when you start in sunny beach california living in newport uh going to the rink every day and then they send you down to portland maine in the middle of december <laughs> yeah you really didn't want to go back I'll it's tell nice you having two centermen on the line all the time because you don't have to worry as much when you go back into the d zone if he ends up low, I just kind of let him play there until we get the puck out or whatever it is. Sometimes I wish I had three wingers on my line. Some, three of those, wingers? some of those centermen, eh? They can never keep you up. Guys just run into the wall. <laughs> hey, they never keep up. <laughs> Who would get the puck if there was three wingers? Yeah, with a D. What did the D for? I couldn't count on you down low. Could I in the middle? You're gonna, you're gonna, oh, yeah. I'll oh, low and slow, baby. Low and slow. <laughs> can you imagine Scotty just roaming around down on get the look like Actually, you know what? Go back and watch videos of Tamil Solani playing down low. Oh. That's what it looked like for Scotty. Every time I play against Getzloff, the first thing you say, Uppy, slow down out here, would you? Slow. I'm like, nope, no chance. Nope. <laughs> I am going full. He's like, I got too. one gear. Look out, heads up. <laughs> up. I'll go through that end, ball, end boards if I have to. Yeah. Up dog, I sent a little tweet the other night, last week, watching him. I'm like, this, this line needs a nickname. Yeah, what's your name? So we got some funny ones from some fans. Um, Craig McDonald says the Cowtown, Cowtown Kings, Dominic Didia, our girl. She wants to be called the former Kings. And then there was one, I don't have the name, they, they called him the Stampede Line, which is not bad. 
I'm going to call them. I don't know if it's going to stick. I'm not the most creative guy out here, but I watched them all out there and I just figured how old they were. You know, why don't we call them the pension line, right? They're all, they're all going to have a nice pension. They're all fucking old, playing well together, the pension line. I don't know. They just need, they have some, because the fourth line in, in New York Islanders is called what? The identity line? Yeah. This fourth line is just as good as them. We need a nickname for them. Calgary fans. How about uh, how about the century line? What was it? It was 70, 30. What, like going out on the road? Yeah, or just going out yeah. saying Yeah, for me it was cities, right? Like anytime I was like I would like Carolina, Columbus, cities like that, I would never go out. But then New York, LA, Chicago, Dallas, anywhere <laughs> in Canada. Not the <laughs> night before, Jackie. I would actually go out for dinner the night before and a couple cocktails, but um I would pick my spots, like the, the cities that I w- didn't want to go out in, I would make sure I didn't go out because I had to catch up on some rest. I don't know about this guy. Yeah, no, I, I would make sure I had a dinner lined up that was uh, like an executive dinner, like one that is just proper. Either it's a new restaurant or it's like, you know, telling the same guys, hey, we're meeting down in the lobby, standard seven o'clock. We're doing this restaurant. Let's bring a couple young kids, like, you know, nice wine, get some sushi, do whatever. But sometimes you just wouldn't, you couldn't control how the night just kind of turns out. You might go out thinking it's only going to be dinner. And yeah. the next, and the next thing, you know, it's like you had just the right mix and the right tunes were on. And then, you know, you find out yeah. there's a concert up the street and you're like, ah, we'll just go for one there. And the next thing, you know, it's next it's, thing, you know, it's 2am Jackie. You're <laughs> like, fuck. You know okay. what you say about good intentions, right? <laughs> Always had the right intention, but and that wouldn't happen all the time. No, I'm thinking of one time in particular. Question: I know you're supposed to be interviewing me, but I have no. one more. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Have you ever? She can't help as herself. Professional athletes tried to go to like a hot spot restaurant or bar or whatever and not gotten in. Like, I'm very curious if like professional athletes ever get denied trying to get into a spot. Jackie, this is a great question, and I'm going to give a shout out to a wonderful girl by the name of Jill Lipsom. Jill used to work for the Flyers, and then. I don't like to use the terminology worked for me loophole and not be throughout our playing careers, but she would take care of us. And there's nothing worse than going to a restaurant and pulling out your NHL card and being like, Hey, I play in the NHL, right? Cause some cities in the States, LA for one, they don't give a fuck what, if you play in the NHL or not. Right. But Jill, God bless her. She would call before and be like, I have Shane O'Brien of the Colorado avalanche that needs a reservation. So I don't look like a douchebag pulling out my NHL card, but Jill tease it up for me. So, Jackie, I never got denied restaurants because of Jill Limpsom. She is wow. a saint, and I attest for him. Um, you need those people around you. I had one guy, my buddy PJ, who PJ, who, another one. who did the same thing. Now, it goes a long way when you learn from older guys in the league that you go in and you ask for either the right hostess or the manager. You build a relationship if you know that you're going to be back in this city. And we had long careers, thankfully. So we were always Somehow. Going, so we were always going back to the good cities, and it just... It goes a long way to send, you know, send a thank you text to the guy that that moved, you know, moved mountains to fit you in because they don't have to. They don't care about hockey players, actually. No. In New York City, unless we're going around with our boy Andy Mack, it's tough to get in places. You can sit outside with your suit on and say, I'm playing the Rangers in two days. They don't care. They're like, <laughs> I, I don't even know who, you know, the Nashville Predators are, nor do I care. I got Benicio Del Toro and fucking George Clooney in the back here. Like, they don't care. No. Hey, thanks for having me on. And, and let's not forget, Uppy, we had a trip to China together, too. Yeah. We, man, what a trip over on that airplane, <laughs> huh? We had a 
trip to China the next year, and they all like the nameplate was off the stall. There was an injury in St. Louis, and boom, gone. I know it was Going a. Vancouver was over. I gotta say, I, I was I was upset. I was sad. I was really thrilled to be going back to a team I knew, you know, St. Louis yeah. Army calls me. They they actually uh, this is great, but they turned down Yurmer Yager to sign me. This is yeah, fucking yeah. great. So anyway, I wanted to play in Vancouver so bad, Murph. I love walking around after practice, you know, down. I was staying at the Westin, you know, a little long stay at the Westin for the month, and I just wanted to have that experience of playing in Canada, like my boy Obes here, yeah. and I wanted to go on a couple more road trips with you. China wasn't enough. China was, was not enough. The best flight ever. The best plane ever. I, <laughs> I got yeah, so I maybe that's why they didn't they didn't accept. They, I walked into Greener's office and I was like, Greener, I got an offer, and he's like, Fuck off. I'm like, No, I do. You want to match it or maybe bump it up? I'll probably consider staying. He's like, Is it St. Louis? I'm like, I can't tell you. And then he's like, ah, we're not going to be able to keep you right now. You haven't even played a game here at home. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, but I fucking flew to China with you guys. It, it was the hockey gods. Not, it was the not, hockey not gods. Not allowing you. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up JT Miller-Murph because he's the one guy that I've watched this entire year. And, and every time I go on Sportsnet with, with uh, Randeep and Dan, all my two boys there, it's, I say, watch this kid play. He plays with fucking piss and vinegar. He plays with energy. Yeah, does he get mad? Sometimes he does. But I just think if they had more guys like that competing, and I guess you've already talked on it, but... You know, he's on a one-year deal. Can you see him probably being out the door here before the deadline? Or it's a decision they're going to have to make, right? Well, yeah. First things first. Like, yeah, he's, he, he does make some mistakes. But I think you live with that because of the way he plays, right? There's some boneheaded plays he makes uh, during games, pucks in the middle, like blind passes and stuff. But there's never questioning his effort, his desire, uh, you know, the, the burning desire to win. Like, this guy is all out all the time. And you can hear it on the ice, especially when there was no fans in the building, man. Like, uh if there was a swear jar in the locker room, he would have filled that up a number of times. <laughs> yeah. the puck free to Braun. And now Nate Thompson from center chips the puck into the Vancouver zone. Miller could hear him go to the bench, a little frustrated. How's your relationship with the Aquilinis? I don't think great. Because Rusty's, ever tell you Rusty's my, is great. Did I ever tell you my story about the Aquilinis? Hey. I get traded from Tampa to Vancouver. I don't even know who the fucking Aquilinis are. I got no idea who they are. Yeah. Me and Welly, fucking Welly. Welly. Welly's already been on the team. He knows who the Aquilinis Kyle are. Kyle Wellwood, beauty. We're at the Roxy. People are going to love this anytime I bring up the Roxy. Me and Welly are at the Roxy. We're living at the hotel together. I'm like, let's get out of the hotel room and go for one. So we go for dinner and get in one. The one of the Aquilinis, he likes to go to the roller. He mixes it. So he's, he's at the fucking Roxy, and he walks right by me, and I'm like, I kind of like big league him a little bit, <laughs> and fucking... Don't think anything of it. And then he leaves. And then as he left, well, he's like, uh, you know who that was, right? I'm like, no, who was it? He's like, that's Francesco Aquilini. That's yeah. the owner of the Canucks. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why did you not fucking tell me that before, you dumb fuck? He's like, well, I thought you knew. I'm like, I've been here for a week. I haven't met him. I don't, I don't yeah, know who, yeah, I don't know who he was. That's an honest so, mistake. So the boys, well, he goes in and tells the boys the next day, Mitchie and Cass and they were loving it. They're <laughs> I'm loving it. share this quick story with you. You'll appreciate this. So... We're in Dallas, and Pronger's playing for St. Louis. Ken Hitchcock's our coach. So Ken's all bothered by Pronger because Pronger's ruling the game. He's got everybody unsettled and everything. And so so Ken has this brilliant idea that uh, somebody's got to run Pronger. And so uh, Rick Wilson, our assistant coach, says to him, he goes, yeah, Ken, who would that be? He goes, well, he goes, well maybe this guy. He goes, well, Pronger's not going to go out on the ice against him. 
right? Like, you know, like they're not going to put him. He's going out against our best players. So he kind of goes, he goes, well, maybe, maybe Beaker can run at him. He goes, well, how's Beaker going to get near him? Like Beaker's <laughs> five foot nine and Pronger's six foot seven or eight, six foot five, right? He goes, he, he goes, Beaker's going to come at him and he's going to get this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so now Hitch is getting frustrated and everything. He goes, he goes, oh, I guess we got to play it straight up with Pronger. Rick Wilson says, yeah, I think nobody's going to run Pronger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a let him sleep plan either because no. you let him sleep. No. He's still just the best player in the, on the ice. There, there, there's things you just can't do. That you, Shane, think about when you were coming through junior and coming up. You, you know, those things you had to do to, to be successful as an NHL defenseman, that if you do those things now, you're, you're going to be in the penalty box. I would have Hatcher. I would have been in trouble. told me when he retired, when he, I mean, he was a big beast of a, of a player. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a, and a real important part of our Dallas Stars uh, uh, success. But he, when he retired, he told me, he says, I, I had to retire. I was going to be in the penalty box every time I went on the ice. Goes, <laughs> the game changed that rapidly coming out of the 05, 04-05 lockout. So I think that's where the game is. And, and the rules have played a part in that, too. It's so funny. It, I, I just want to say this. Yeah. You, you talk about it being hard in other ways where it's just not so hard physically. Like our coaches in our era – in order to make us like understand the battle and you don't play well, so like it's going to be a hard practice, they would put the, the, the nets in the corner where you couldn't move and it would just be a cross-checking fest. <laughs> That's my favorite drill, Butsy. It's my Hi, favorite drill. Yeah, and, and, and to me, like Butsy, I found that, like, I loved it. And, you know, he's like, wait one minute. So I'm there getting a tune on. Well, what tune do I play? Next to my me, morning jacket. roof is still sold. Oh, no, I got okay. a nice dance tune going. Yeah, I love feeling roof. good. You know, it's like fucking 10 o'clock in the morning and I send it. I just start, you know, pencil down. Let's go. What do you call it? Twin tip? I don't know how, how you, you just, fucking just went into the fucking tips down. Tips down. You straight. were bombing. So signs that say, please don't bomb. He, his <laughs> basically his only you know, rite of passage for me was recommendation was stay, stay right. Stay right. Well, as I got going down, these snowboarders like are there. So he didn't tell me there was no one there. And they hog, they're hogging the middle of this. They're hogging the middle of the fucking run. And it's going fast. And now I see the signs where I'm supposed to slow down, but I can't slow down because I don't know how to stop going this fast, let alone like these guys are there and I can't go right. So I'm just like, I got to trust this line and I'm just going for it. Well, I hit a fucking, I hit a jump (laughs) where I was in the Arabs for at least three seconds where I hit it. And I'm going 60, 65, because that was the top speed I got to. And I sent it. And I landed, after three seconds in the air, I land on one ski. I land on the other one. And then I just barrel over. And I I literally, yard sale, I fall down this hill maybe 250 yards. I get up. You're lucky. I'm okay. I walk around. This girl comes up to me with one of my poles, not 30 seconds after I fell. And she, she looks at me and she's like, that was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, how'd it look? Like, like how'd it look? And she's like, did you videotape it, it? It was fucking crazy. And then I'm like, I think I got a buddy that videotaped it. And she's like kind of laughing. But she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And I look in my right boot. All the bindings are ripped through my snow pants. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm fine. Like my head's good. I had the helmet on. Like, Sure enough, Cody comes down. He's like, what happened? I'm like, buddy, what do you mean what happened? I hit that jump going 65, and I, I've never hit a jump like that ever in my life. I'm like, I just barreled, and he's like, your skis, I picked up your skis like 200 yards up the hill, and I'm like, I know. So we get down to the bottom, and the ski instructor's there with like five kids, and he's looking at me, and he's like, 
Never seen a guy go down that hill on white snow pants that fast. Peter, <laughs> how many career, how many career tilts you been in? Uh, just one. But just hey, one is it the one with couple, Cop- uh, the one with Copley? Yeah, I've had a couple square ups, uh, and then the refs come in. I, I was just. I've- I was just going to say, the better question is, how many could have he been in? He could have been in 20 already in the show from which I've seen, so I I love it. I'm like, fuck, I wish I had D-men like that that had that piss and vinegar in them. Yeah, the the only one was uh, against Copley there uh, in the the jungle. Um, And we're boys too, so it was a a little different, but uh, just circumstances, he was kind of like, you want to go? Come on, they'll love it. We're up 4 nothing. I had a shutout going. That's the first thing my dad texted me after the game. He's like, what are you doing? You had a shutout going. And I'm like, man, relax. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was that. You're like, dad, no one's going to remember the shutout in the jungle, but they're going to remember the scrap. All right. right, Yeah. uh, So I was thinking of something to say, uh, some uppy stories. Cause I played with him. I played with you, uh, just on call ups. I'd come up for a week or two weeks or two days. And I always heard, Always heard about about the up dog, even before he was in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> the legend he is. And uh, one time I remember I was so whenever I got called up, I would never. It was Hitch, and he would just. I didn't even have a look of playing a game, so I would just be the backup goalie. I'd be out there for practice and taking the extra shots. And um, I remember one game there was like the extras uh, had a skate. It was a day off, and we were in Chicago, and. Uh, we go, there's like five or six of us and up. He just went no chin strap for the whole skate. Like, and I was at my, I was like coming from the minors and this guy was just so just fucked this. And no <laughs> chin strap, the whole skate, every drill. That's, so that's incredible. And there was nothing worse too. And after like a cold match, whether you had like the Pittsburgh, the igloo or something, you get into the shower last, like last guy and the thing's just freezing cold. There's no towels left either. You're like, what the fuck? The igloo, bitter never even played in the igloo. Did you ever play in the old barn bitter? No. No, no, but I know bad towels. <laughs> Bitter, you you would have loved the old you would have loved the old igloo because you got to skate by the other team coming off the ice in warmups, and I could just yeah. see you just all ripping through the every- oh, oh yeah, yeah. you would have been. It was like Chicago Wolves. It was basically like the Chicago Wolves, yeah, yeah. where fuck, I was in a huge tilt right in that. Were you in that tilt too with Vince Dunn? With no, Dunner? I wasn't. When Dunner just absolutely pounded that kid in the yeah. basically in the Zamboni tunnel with the yeah. gates closed, we had the we had the same brawl in Milwaukee in that same tunnel. <laughs> so did we. Like, and then the cops, Maddie. the cops just shut the door and let everyone go at it. It's crazy. Fans right well, there. It's, it's it's a crazy concept. You walk right by each other. You're like maybe 15 feet away, and you're just yelling at each other before every period, after every period. I remember the first time I played there, Bitter, I, you know that there's like, what, what, 10 feet of concrete? I'm like, I'm a rookie. I'm like, if they, they think if this concrete's going to stop the boys from getting in a tilt here, they're fucking nuts. Like, this concrete, <laughs> yeah, is, it's not scared anyone away. Like, we had the yeah. biggest brawl there, like Kip Brennan. I forget how else they had. It was just a melee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed Obi, playing there, though. Obi, we had, that, we had that Jeremy Leblonsky on our squad, and he actually, so he just signed He's this playing. week at Steelheads, and he hit me up on Instagram because Mr. Kirby loves, like, beauties like him yeah and he's like buddy it's been forever fuck i love your pod we got to come on and talk but he was right in the mix too on that like i'm talking this is back in the day when there's heavies yeah i don't think anyone really wants to do that everyone wants to be a scorer that's for sure i mean it's a lot more fun and a lot more better paychecks but i mean (laughs) a few uh, more golf memberships a few more golf memberships (laughs) hey rich (laughs) yeah but richie those guys are the ones that are not you know 
some of them are not playing because they didn't want to put in the extra work to still play at this age, right? So, yeah, you know, what 100%. Obes is saying, and you know this, and everyone kind of knows it, but it's fucking hard to change your yeah, game. And then, and but the ultimate appreciation is to still compete. It's like yeah. the ultimate, um, you know, fuck. And then just dealing with injuries and stuff and to still come back and, and play that role and play it hard and get that one knee down on the draw like you're, you know, you're oh, so good at. It's I, I, Richie, listen, I fire on the fireplace. I get the candles going. I open the wine. I fly on the flames game. <laughs> Tuck and the over, and over in common, I hope for a whistle. I pray for a whistle. Oh, like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. He's getting a face off. And I'm like, if this lineman kicks him out of that fucking face off, I'm firing a tweet at him right now. That's good. Well, I, yeah, I got all the linesmen buttered up pretty good now. So I mean, listen, I fucking, I don't know what. I was bored and I went, I'm like, I'm going to fire on some Daryl Sutter post games. And there were some stuff from his time in LA where I was fucking falling off the couch. Like, this, he's a funny guy, Richie. Well, you know what? It, it's like the driest sense of humor ever. Just some of the stuff he does, you just wouldn't expect him to do it. I don't know. So there's been some funny ones. I don't want to bury Daryl, but yeah, yeah, of he's course. had some good ones. Um, but I love he always gets – we always look at his stuff too. Actually, Luch, Luch loves looking at his old clips and stuff. So we'll be on. But he always loves the double peace sign as he, he checks out. So <laughs> he was like – But, Rich. Uh, you know, he's, he's a character. He's, you know, he's – He's on game days. He's very intense. Day before games, he's intense. Day after games, he's intense. So, um, Jeez. <laughs> he's how about during COVID hey, protocol? Uh, how, how is he during like was, a two week break? There was one thing, Richie, on mm. on the Kings thing where they're like, uh, "Boys look kind of tired today." He's like, "No reason to be tired. They had an off day yesterday. I'm 52 years old. I feel great." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm 52 years old. I feel great. No excuses. Be tired." I'm like, "That's a great line. It's a great line." That is hilarious. Yeah, he's probably used that a few times this year too. But third game in four nights for you guys was that a factor at all? Tonight? Yeah. No, we had day off yesterday. No excuse for it. I'm, I was. I felt good. I'm. Fi I'm almost fifty-five. I felt awesome today. <laughs> Whatever it is, there's a lot going on, especially when Jordan Martinuk's playing Nickelback on the plane constantly, which he is. Chad Kroger. Who's playing Nickelback? Martinuk. Is he, he really? Is obsessed. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. And he's gotten like the Europeans into I don't You mean oh no. For Princey Does Princey Princey, do you love Nickelback? You're an Alberta I guy. I love Nickelback. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. You guys not see our Saturday Hockey Day Canada post every oh, Saturday no. at 4 30? It's Nickelback. It is, isn't it? Alberta. Flowers' buddies are Chad Kroger. Listen, and Chad, I have an issue. I'll Chad Kroger Chad. one time. Chad. He knows what I'm talking about. I do. Listen, Chad, <laughs> Chad would be at the Roxy or wherever in Vancouver many a nights. No, not the Roxy. <laughs> yeah, I, I would Roxy. see him at the Roxy. I would see him mainly just at the... He liked the Roxy more than I did, to be yeah, honest with you. Roxy. I take the heat for the Roxy. Chad, what's his name? Kruger? Kroger. Kroger. He should take the heat. He went to the Roxy more than anyone. And then he tried to get me like, hey, come back to Abbotsford. I got a rink there. I'm like, dude, I'm, what are you talking about? Was I'm he close go, talking you? I'm going to go party in Yelltown. I'm not going to Abbotsford. So Flowers. I'm not a huge Nickelback fan. I think he's a really nice guy. I don't love their music. Oh, you did at one point in your life, but that's like... Did I? You did. Okay. You did at one when point. When was that? It was probably in 2001. <laughs> Princey, don't hate me for this. Hey, our friendship's not over, is it? That rock star? What, uh, rock star? Sean? I don't know, man. I, I'm a rock star. Like no, no, no. How does the rock star song go? Everyone kind of liked that back in the day. It's terrible. I'm standing in line at clubs I'll never get, and it's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never going to win. Wow. <laughs> See? Yeah. See? That was unbelievable. She's been hanging out with Martinook on the plane. See, she's been listening. She knows all the words. So wasn't somebody talking about how I handled the rookies? One time. <laughs> yeah, I think I told maybe the story about when Ryan Shannon decided to get up uh, <laughs> before you 
uh, before you <laughs> off the plane or bus and um, yeah. you kind of, you know, you kind of let them have it a little. You, you just told my uh, kid, listen, I said, Shani, uh, yeah, don't go before prongs. <laughs> don't go before the veterans. Don't go before the veterans. Exactly. Exactly. Rookies get off. There are very few things can you do nowadays to teach young people leadership. I teach agree. them to appreciate, respect the veterans, the people that have come before you. This is a simple way to do that, that I thought. Uh, you know, I've been early, younger days, been abused, you know, verbally, whatever. And it's something simple that takes 30 seconds. Just let the veterans get off. Show your respect. Let the veterans get off. Let the veterans get to the food line first. You're going to get there. It's not that big a deal. And ultimately, as they talked to James Van Riemsdyk about this in, in Philly, once you get to your second year, you feel like you've accomplished something Absolutely. and you feel like you're invested in the in the team and, and being a veteran and understanding who came before you, you respect the game that much more. You respect the guys you're with. You're bringing the group together in a, in a, in an interesting, cool way. Totally. People on the outside might not think that, but when you talk to those guys that have got done it, and once they get past that, I got to let these guys get off the bus Whip-de-doo. What about Grant Fuhrer? Tell, talk about, I'm an Edmonton boy. I loved him growing up. Legend. How was he to play? I had him as an assistant coach in Phoenix with Gretz. Um, great golfer. Fucking sick yeah. golfer. But uh, yeah, I, I got a story too about him letting one in last game of the year on maybe a bonus of yours. But yeah, I'll tell you a sh- couple. So Fuhrer's he was awesome. Awesome to play in front of. I mean, it was, if, if it was always his fault. <laughs> oh no, no, that was my fault. <laughs> no, no, my fault, boys. I should have had it. I'm like, okay, we suck. And so one day I'm going back to the puck, and he stops at the arguably one of the worst puck playing goalies of all time. <laughs> Terrible with the puck. And I go back and I go into the corner and I'm like, Fierzy, Fierzy, boom, smokes me in the chest with the puck. And then you can always see him laugh, you know, you see his head bobbing up and down. He's laughing in the net. Oh man. And he's just giving me grief. And then, uh, I had a, a million dollar bonus for plus minus. And I was going against Larry Murphy in Detroit at the time. And I had, I was up two on Larry Murphy and we're late in the game in the third period. And, uh, and Furzy lets in a shitty goal. And I'm like, Fierzy, Hey, you know what's on the line. I've already prepped everybody. You know, it's a meaningless game other than that bonus. And I'm like, hey, you know what this means, man. Like, come on. Oh, you, what, hey, prompt. You know, if you're, oh, hey, prompt. What? What? Is there a bonus on the line? What? You want me to funnel another one in? <laughs> it's like, oh, you're a dick. You're playing with oh, dynamite. Immediately, here. I got to say, sorry, no, if you're, you're right. Funnel them. You want me to funnel another one in your proxy? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And by the way, he would have. Oh yeah, for sure. Because That's... he, yeah, oh, he just, just to make his point that I can do it. You be nice. Be nice out here. <laughs> hey, so you had an all-star uh, set of the set of old teammates up there. One in particular, a backup goalie, all-time guy, uh, Jamie McLennan Noodles. I spoke to him earlier. I wanted to get a couple stories out of him. So he told me a couple. One. In L.A., uh, well, you're going to L.A., and all you do is ask him to just ah. handle the rebound. <laughs> we were we were playing L.A. in St. Louis, and then we were going out to L.A. after the game for a road trip, and the puck was slowly spinning towards him, and I went off to the side. I'm like, noodles, 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 and he got nervous, and as a stand-up goalie, he kicked the puck, 
with his stick and it went out into the slot as Rob Blake is coming down to one time. it, And I'm like, I got to eat this one. And I slide to block it. Smokes me in the foot, breaks my foot. I got to wear a boot while we're going out to LA. I'm like, noodles this is not going to be good <laughs> and i'm screaming at him as it as i go down to block it then i'm turn around and i get to the bench and i'm giving him the finger <laughs> i'm so mad at him and you know he's a mental midget he's he's in the net he's losing his marbles and he, oh my god i broke his foot and, um it was a it was not the ideal western swing that uh, you're typically used to with a boot on yeah uh, going out for dinners and whatnot, but Crazy. you never have to weigh in every day. I'd go in the steam. I'd go in the steamer in there, and I'd just be hung cheese in the steamer. Come out, get on the scale. Roger Takahashi by my two thirty four. I'm like mark down two thirty one. Rog, okay, go out there practice. I'm like, does AV think this is helping me or Fucking what? I don't know Raj. what's going He was on. still there when I when I went out for camp. Oh, Raj. I would love being in that weight room for the the way off. <laughs> the way off. <laughs> it was a way off. We should have sold pay- yeah. Razor, Razor, we should have been partners. We should have sold pay-per-view tickets for that fucking What about thing. Welly? How about Wellwood? How, how is he? Oh, guys. How about the barrel he had on him? He had a good little beer drinking barrel on him, didn't he? Did he ever? Even I told this junior. was the last. This changed Welly's trajectory, or trajectory in Vancouver. And Razor was the first year. You weren't there yet. We go out and get absolutely fucking pinned. And you know, the, the remember where the hot tub, cold tub is in Vancouver, kind of by the showers there? Way in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> M- Mitchie Babe comes in and goes, what the fuck did you do to your boy Welly? I'm like, I wasn't with Welly. I was not with Welly last night. He's like, fuck off. I'll go check the hot tub. And there he is, buck naked, one foot in, cock hanging out. <laughs> I go give him a tap. I'm like, Welly, what are you doing? He's like, oh, is there any meetings? I'm like, no meetings. He's like, wake me up five minutes before practice. Slept the entire time without snapping it around. But after that, he kind of, I think, obviously people uh, found out and they were like, hey. <laughs> oh, well, he was, man, uh, you know what, Welly? I love that kid. And our year, Razor, the year, our second year, or my second year, your first year, year in Vancouver, Welly was so good for us, especially in playoffs. Again, remember how oh, good man. he was? He won every face-off. He did that little kick face-off thing. He where kicked he the guy's stick. Draw, yeah. Went it right back with his little stick. Speaking of your relationship with Tuca, how does that, uh, you know, go back, take us back to the trade back in the day? Like, is there any... Uh, you obviously getting traded for Tuca, who at the time hadn't signed with Toronto. Um, how's your relationship with him? How did that whole thing kind of go down? You know, you're back in Boston now, living there, I'm sure, with your family and stuff. But yeah, what was what was that like back in the day? Yes, it, it's funny. So, so one first and foremost, everybody on Twitter, <laughs> yes, I did get traded for Tuca. Yes, it's all like. And it, it, if, if that's the worst thing that ever happens to me, for, it's a pretty yeah, for good all you Toronto game. fucking Listen, fans, fucking, yeah, I got right here tied for franchise wins in Toronto yeah. Rangers. A great trade, great trade. Fucking right, it is. Who's and, your, and yeah, who's I, always, I, I still like to think that it, I've sa- I saved Tuka's career a whole lot more than anything else because if he had stayed in Toronto, who knows? So, I know yeah. that he would have flew back to Finland <laughs> and played the fucking. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. I, I, I want to talk to. We'll talk about Toronto goaltenders. I want to yeah. ask about Freddie Anderson, but keep going. Keep going. <laughs> So, so it's, it's interesting. It, it was certainly, it's, it wasn't easy, especially when I was still playing and still grinding and, and you see Tuca here and successful and winning Stanley cups and I'm coming back here. My wife's from here. I've always, this is Boston's home and it, it has been. So, so that was, wasn't easy when I was 29, 30, 31. And you're, you know, that's, but now it's, now it's all, now it's great. Now I, 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 I take it for what it's worth. Um, I, I, 
it, it makes my kids think I'm was okay at hockey because they <laughs> yeah, see this guy still playing and, and I got traded for him. So, so that, that, that works. And, and it, what I'm doing, it, it still connects me. I saw Tuca before the game. We laugh and we joke. And, and like I say, he's got kids. We, our kids went to the same school at some point. So it's, it's not something we talk about. It's just, we're just two, two goalies. This is the bad. This, this is what I was thinking about because I knew we'd get to one. And this, I think kind of sums up where I was, where we were there. So I go, I just had my first, my son, I'm married. I'm not on the same, you know, <laughs> schedule as Obi at that point now, but, but love will be more than anything. Hey, Obes, I'm not, I'm coming out. I signed with Vancouver, but I, I'm not getting a place right away. The whole thing. I'm not staying in a hotel either because I'm like a nine year NHL vet. I'm not staying in the hotel doing NHL training camp. So Obes, can I stay with? Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on in, Razor. Come on in. It's a bit of a longer story. So oh, the first, <laughs> the best is the first day. And I'm, I'm fighting for Corey Schneider. So like, I can't, like, I'm not, I'm not chasing. Like I, this is like, I got to play well. Land in Vancouver, haven't slept for two weeks. I just had a newborn son. Can't wait to get to Van. Drop my bags. Get to get to Obes on a Saturday night at like eight o'clock. I fly in, put my stuff down. I'm sitting on the couch, and you can, Obes is getting antsy, right? Like he's getting a little antsy, but he doesn't want to be rude because I just got there. And then finally, he's like, "Hey, Grace, you mind if I go out for a little while? You know, I, I just gotta go meet a couple people. Like, do you mind if I?" Oh, absolutely. Like, of course, get out of here. Get out of here. So I go to bed and probably three 30 in the morning, there's a party in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we here. It's going to be a fun month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wasn't worried about you making the squad. I guess you were, I was like, man, you got this. You kidding me? You're fucking, we got this, bud. Yeah. Uh, and then Razor obviously made the team. And then he lived in Cole Harbor with me. And, and what I remember is we would drive to practice together and, and stuff like that to the airport. And, a lot of times I would drive to the airport and Razor would drive home. And when we land, I go, Razor, here's the keys, buddy. <laughs> I like when you, how do you come up with the sayings? Like, you just like, you just like, cold beer here. Or like, do you, do you, are you riding to the bar and being like, all right, I'm going to bring this out tonight? Or like, does it just come natural to you when you're firing those pints out? Yeah, man, to be honest, like, just kind of going up and down the aisles. I used to go with the whole beer here. And <laughs> like you're from Boston. One of those. What's and your go to now? Me, like, What's that? What's your go-to now? Do you still do the beer here? Or what's your go-to now? Yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah. Or I'll just fucking scream like right on the spot, like, <laughs> and just try to get people's attention. But uh, I, I, I've been getting kind of like I got read up a few times there, eh? So I got to be careful because uh, number one, I'm not getting to the sections quick enough because I'm like purposely trying to get like a fucking center view of the aisle so that I'm getting shit because I'm not covering enough sections. I'm just trying to watch the game. And apparently, <laughs> and apparently too, on the job, I've I've been kind of dropping too many fucking f bombs. So. <laughs> Are people um, boozing up there? Are they uh, how, yeah, many, how many beers are guys? The most beers? Yeah. How many beers? The Toronto crowd's so fucking boring, aren't they? Yeah, like, like I mean, to be honest, the 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 guys that the guys that go there that are fucking doing the whole corporate stuff, like the whole like you know trying to close the Thompson account in the middle of the game. They're not even <laughs> fucking watching. Those guys kind of pissed me off a little bit. Hey, one of my favorite highlights, dude, this year. I think it was the first game of the year. You weren't working though. You were up, up in the fucking nosebleeds, and you're like, yeah. "Shoot the fucking puck!" And the guys like, "Stop swearing!" Like, I don't know if you told him to fuck off, or you just kept like. And then they scored, and you went bananas. How come you weren't working that yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, I told them. I did tell them to fuck off. <laughs> my 
my my girl is from Brazil. She never she never seen a hockey game before. So I said, let's go. And I I kind of want to show her that you know the full Canadian experience, right? So I went out there, got got nice and buckled, and uh, we watched the game. And it, I, I never had a situation like that before where dads were actually telling me to be quiet. Like I had that in when I went to a Sens game once, cause a lot of their fans are fucking pigeons and, and, and stuff, but it never happened in Toronto. And I was very surprised about that. So, uh, and Princey, if you can find the line brawl where Burroughs pulls Keith's hair, maybe find that one. Cause it was pretty good. Yeah. When he had the long flow. Is he still he long fucking flow? Yeah. pulls his hair. Yeah. BX has got a shirt ripped off. I let Seabrook off the hook. I had Seabrook like this up. To this day, I still don't know why I didn't bury him through the ice. I don't know why to this day I didn't. I just yeah, let him up. Here. Yeah, that's a tough, that's yeah. a tough play. Seems he's probably a good guy. I don't know him. He's a good was guy. it, what was it, game five? No, game it was six? regular season. Oh. Regular season? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to do that in the regular season. If oh, it's playoffs, hit. I that say was, go for it. That was our rivalry, though. I know, but like regular season, like, I don't know. You should see Ben Eager out there. He like double leg BX. Yeah, it to was a fucking, <laughs> to fucking meet. Yeah, but I will say there were some things said to Eags that that were offside from so those boys yeah. from like just well, there was some stuff said in those series and battles that like things were said that you're like fuck man come on so Eags was ready to explode so I know what you're saying but he was looking to get his hands on anybody because you know how it was I mean your Flyers team was one of the trippiest teams I ever played against I watched uh, like, I, oh my god I watched Jesse Bolleris cross check Kessler across the face and take a, a, what was his last shift in the NHL, <laughs> a full 15 game sussy. And this was like game two yeah, I remember. of the season. And he took a fucking, just cause like Kessler, like kind of like maybe hooked someone or something. And he was like, you guys were the Broad Street Bullies. You guys had Asham, him. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.